I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word that causes your word to work. Thank you for the opportunity in using me to share your word to your people. And as I step back so the spirit of God can have preeminence in this place for him to flow freely, for him to say what he wants to say, use me however way he wants to use me. And most of all, help our hearts to get in position and stay in position to hear what he has to say. And so, Father, we declare today that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow your word today because you always watch over your word to perform. And so we thank you today that our lives will never be the same after having heard the word of truth. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated at home. You may be seated in the house. Thank you all for being a part of our service. If you are visiting us for the very first or second time, can you just wave in the audience? Wave, wave, wave. First or second time. Come on, give our visitors a big hand clap this morning. And if you're watching us online for the very first or second time, please make sure you let us know who you are and where you're viewing from. So last week I started a new series called Giving by Faith and Not by Finances. Everybody say Giving by Faith and Not by Finances. And I said this on last week that in order for us to give by faith, we must make a decision to live by faith. And the goal of the series that I'm teaching is to teach us how to give better so we can live better. Everybody say, I need to give better so I can live better. And the ultimate goal of the series is to help us learn how to manage our financial resources God's way so that, watch this now, we can be a blessing in a kingdom way. I've discovered if you don't have more than what you need, you cannot fulfill the covenant that God made with Abraham. He told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And so if you don't have more than what you need, if you just have just enough for you, you say, well, pastor, I'm good. I have enough for me. The problem with that is if God leads you to give something or bless someone else, you now, listen, you now leave the just enough state and you move into not enough state. So in order for us to be a blessing the kingdom way, we have to learn how to give and then manage our financial resources God's way. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to do a brief review because there's some of us who are watching and are here that was not here last week. So I want to just go over some of the information on last week. And so one of our points that we made on last week was that giving by faith pleases God. Everybody say giving by faith pleases God. 
And so the foundational verse, one of them that we used was in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. They're going to put it up on the screen. And I'm only going to read uh, 4a or the first part of that verse. It says, by faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, Abel, watch this church, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And what we learned, listen now, was that God instructed both Cain and Abel on how he wanted them to give. Because had he not instructed them on how he wanted them to give, then it would have been wrong of him to reject Cain's offering. Abel followed God's instructions regarding his giving, but Cain did not. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 3, it outlines this. It says, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, he brought an offering to the Lord. Verse 4, it says, and Abel, he also brought, watch this church, of the firstlings, and that word can be translated firstborn of his flock and, everybody say and, and of the fat thereof. And then watch what happens because what Cain did and what Abel did was completely different. Abel just decided to give something. and uh, Cain did. And then Abel decided, you know what? I'm going to follow God's instructions. I'm going to give the first and then I'm going to give some fat. So after they did that, the, the Bible says in verse 5 or verse 4, when Cain brought his first, the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering. In other words, Abel brought his first, he brought some fat, God had respect to Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he didn't have respect. So listen now, touch your neighbor and say he's about to say something strong. Contrary to traditional beliefs, we can see that God doesn't accept anything we give him. I'm going to let that simmer right there. Contrary to traditional beliefs, we can see that God just doesn't accept anything we decide to give him. I'm going to give you another scripture just so you can have a reference. This is Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. I'm, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This was God talking to the priest at the time. He says, the Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. He says, if I am your father and master... Where is my honor and respect that I deserve? He's talking to the priest. He says, you have shown contempt for my name. But they said, uh, ask, how, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? He says, well, you have shown contempt by offering, watch this church, defiled sacrifices on my altar. He says, you defiled them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. He says, watch this now, when you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? He says, try giving these gifts like that to your governor and see if he's pleased with that. I mean, the Lord sounds like he just, he, he just, he ain't throwing no shade. He just throwing it out there, right? Verse 9, he says, go ahead, beg God, be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, listen to now, listen. He says, why should he show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord of heaven's armies, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. He says, I'm not well, ple I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. Wow. Now see, sometimes we want to make what, is given about the amount 
when really giving is all about the heart. Everybody say giving is about the heart. And that's why tithing is a test. And so giving by faith, listen now, is giving God's way. And God's way has always been and will be, watch this, starting with us returning the tithe and giving the offering. Tithing, listen, is not just about the tenth. It's not just about the tenth. Watch this. It's about us giving the tenth first. Say amen to that. When the tenth is given out first, then it blesses the rest of what's left. So I want to do an illustration here. Uh, I have a, uh, uh, some 20s. How many would like some 20s? Yeah, you? Yeah, everybody? Okay. All right. I didn't say I was going to give you some. <laughs> I just said who would like some. Okay. Now, these are crispy. I mean, they still stuck together, okay? So so let's pretend that uh, that my that somebody blessed me with, let's say, a hundred dollars. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Two, four, six. So that's 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 a hundred dollars. Y'all see that? Two, four, six, eight, ten. Now what's the tithe of a hundred? Ten what? Ten cents or ten dollars? Okay, ten. We have to make it clear, right? So the tithe would be what? Ten dollars. So according to to the way God tells us to give, Abel gave a firstborn and some. That's called tithe and offering. Uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 9, and 10 talks about that. So I'm going to give $10 as my tithe or return in, and then I'm going to give $10 as an offering. So how much do I have left? $80. Now watch this now. Is 80 more than what I, I mean, which one is more? Okay, so watch this. When I give God the first and an offering, the Bible says that he blesses the rest of what I keep on top of that. So watch this now. Uh, the NIV version of Romans chapter 11 verse 16. Watch what it says. It says, if the first part of the dough offered as first fruits is what? Holy. Then what happens? The whole batch is what? The whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So listen, that denotes that we can live better with the 90% of what's blessed than 100% that's not. So people try to wonder, how, how do I make it? I, I, I'm already struggling financially. I can't afford to give God a tenth and an offering first. And I'm saying to you, he blesses the rest of what you keep. And yes, you can, because watch this. Once you do your part, he opens the windows and he pours out blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Which brings me to the focus of our lesson today. So if you're taking notes, here's our lesson title. Kingdom stewardship produces kingdom increase. Kingdom stewardship produces increase and the goal or kingdom increase. And the goal of the lesson today is to help us understand, listen church, that stewardship is the key to increase. Stewardship is the key to increase. And I believe this is the one that most Christians fail to do. And so last week I said something that I want to repeat and then we're going to jump into our first point. I said this on last week. We want to manage better so that God can increase us better. We prove, I said this on last week, we prove to God that he can trust us with a thousand dollars because we showed him that we can do right or we did right with the 500. In other words, I want to show you today that when you manage your resources in a kingdom way, 
God not only stretches what you have left, but he blesses what you have left. So here's point number one. If you're taking notes, you should have some notes when you came in. And if you don't have them, the ushers will, can give it to you now if you'll raise your hand or they can give it to you on your way out. Here's point number one if you're watching us today. Stewardship requires faithfulness. Stewardship requires faithfulness. Now let me just define steward. A steward just means a manager. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1, this is our foundation of verse today. It says, let a man so account of us as of ministers of Christ and stewards or managers of the mysteries of God. Watch what he says about, about stewards. He says in verse 2, moreover, it is required. Everybody say this is a requirement. He said it is required in stewards that a man be found what church? Faithful. Listen to the New Living Translation. He says, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. He says, now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be what, church? Must be faithful. So God's view of stewardship is one of faithfulness. Everybody say God's view of, of, of stewardship is one of faithfulness. So now we're going to read Luke chapter 16, and I'm going to point something out here that you may not have ever seen. Most people don't realize that how you manage what you have left is what God qualifies to determine if he wants to bring increase to you. I'm going to say that again. See, because most of us, we're waiting on our employer to give us a raise. When, watch this now, the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from God. So watch this now. So if I'm not managing well what I have left, in other words, I give God his first, I give some offering. But if I squander the rest of what I have left, it disqualifies me for increase in God's eyes. And I'm going to show you Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Watch what it says. It says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in also which is what? Much. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust uh, in the much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money or mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. He says, if you are faithful in little things, then you will be faithful in large things. Amen. If I say years ago. Years ago, I used to have a my first Mercedes Benz. No, my second one was uh, a uh, 190E. That's the, the small one. Uh, it, the C-Class has taken, you know, the place of this one. So this, and it was red. And uh, it looked like it had chapped lips. Have you ever seen the cars and the, the clear coat is peeling on it? And, and one part is shiny and the other part is dull. My red Mercedes looked like that. But I still kept the, the clear part. I kept it waxed so it was shiny though. But here's my point. I took care of that car. I mean, I kept the armor all on the tires. I kept the inside as clean as possible. I was a salesperson, so I, my car was my office. But my point is this. I was, look, 
I would lean in that car like it was a Lamborghini. And I know people was talking about me. Look at that car. It looked like it got chapped lips. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's fine. Because if I do not treat this car right. Listen, I won't treat the next level car right. Amen. Come on now. If you have dried McDonald's french fries in the corner of your seat in your car right now. Well, I won't do that in my new car. No, you will. You will. He says, but if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who would trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Say amen to that. I see Pastor Che in the audience. The only reason God was able to elevate him to pastor his own church was because he was faithful in this one. Amen. So here's a take-home statement. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Tithing, listen church, tithing is proof that you want to be blessed. You say, what do you mean by that? The Bible says when we tithe, God opens up the windows of heaven and does what? Pour us out of what? A blessing. So tithing is proof that you want to be blessed. But stewardship is proof that you want to stay blessed. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to say it again. Let me rewind that one. Because I don't think some of y'all got it. Tithing is proof that you want to be blessed. In other words, the blessing process starts when I give God the first and I give him some offering. That's where it starts. Tithing is proof that you want to be blessed. Stewardship, in other words, how I manage what I have left is proof that I want to stay blessed. And how we manage what's left over after we give determines how much God gives back to us. Now, Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to read this. It's, it's a similar account, but I want to show you the principle today. If you don't get anything else is I really need to pay close attention on how I manage what's left over. Because see, some of you, I said, well, Pastor, I'm tithing. I give the Lord, I give it first, and I give him from offering, and I'm still struggling. Well, maybe you're struggling is because you're not properly managing what you have left over. Matthew chapter 25, look at verse 14. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So this man gave some people his money to manage it while he was gone. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last one, dividing it in a proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Verse 18, but the servant who received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground. He hid the master's money. Whose money was it? The master's money. And then verse 19 says, and after a time, their master returned from their trip and called them to give an account. Watch this now. I want you to pay attention to something. He called them to do what? Give a what? Give an account of how they used his money. 
And the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward and said five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. He says, well done, my good. And what kind of servant? Faithful servant. Watch this. He says, you've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'm going to give you what? More responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling what? A small amount. So now I'm going to give you what? More responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Watch this now. Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Watch this. He says, I was afraid that I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. And he says, look, here is your money back. Now, I want you to notice something. Because in verse 26, the master uh, reproved this, this, this servant. But I want you to notice that he blamed his stewardship on somebody else. Do you notice that? He says, I knew you was going to be this way. I I, I knew they wasn't going to pay me enough. I'm worth more than what I'm being paid for. And because they don't give me enough, then uh, I can't give right. He blames stewardship on somebody else. And anytime you blame your stewardship on anybody else, and here's where stewardship 101 comes in, you have to take full responsibility, watch this, for your current financial state. Say, man. So watch what verse 26, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops and I didn't plant and gather crops and I didn't cultivate, why didn't you just deposit my money in the bank? He says, at least I would have gotten some interest on it. Verse 28, then he ordered, he says, take the money from this servant, give it to the one that had 10 bags of silver, to those who, watch this, to those who use well what they are given, to those who manage well and that what they're given, even more will be given and they will have abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Here's a take home thought. Faithfulness brings increase while unfaithfulness eventually causes decrease. So this is why people can make more money and still feel like they don't have enough. Because if you don't manage what's left over properly, just the law right here of faithfulness, the law of faithfulness says, if you're faithful over little, God will give you some more. If you're not faithful over little, God, watch this, he don't give you any more. So I'm going to say it again. Faithfulness brings increase while unfaithfulness eventually causes decrease. And I think that's the problem with church people and just people in general. What happens is we think we've done our due diligence by giving God first and an offering. You know what? That's where stewardship starts. It starts right there. But then we think that we can do whatever we're going to do with the other money. And God says, oh, okay, I'm going to give you increase. But watch this. We think that the solution to our financial problems most of the time is more money. When it's not more money... It's just being able to manage the money I have because the only reason you have bills is because you have money. I'm going to say that again. The only reason you have bills 
It's because you have money. Now you say, well, Pastor, I got more bills than money. Well, maybe it's because you need to manage more money and so you will, you will have less bills. Watch Proverbs 28, 20. Because here's the key. Because someone, I, I met with a couple that's engaged this past week and I'm going to share with you something that they asked me. Proverbs 28, 20, watch what it says. Let's read it together. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Now, I want you to notice in the story we read, I want you to notice that mismanagement was the disqualifier for increase. Remember when he told the guy, he said, listen, you haven't been faithful over that one, so he took it from him. In other words, mismanagement was the disqualifier for increase, which now brings us to point number two. And point number two, if you're taking notes, is this. Stewardship requires accountability. Stewardship requires accountability. I was meeting with a couple that's, that's uh, engaged to be married, and uh, uh, one of them has been with us as a church for years. I've watched their baby come in in like a car seat, and now they're graduating from high school. So they've been with us for years. And, and I've watched God prosper their life from being on government assistance to now, I think, having their master's degree. So God's done some, some work in their life. And so they asked me a question. They said, Pastor, well, if you could tell anybody, if you could give us financial advice, what would it be? And I thought about it. And it was real easy to answer the question. I said the, be- the, first, the first level of financial advice I would give to anybody is to learn how to give. I said, wow. Because, see, giving can accelerate you while keeping doesn't. The Bible says that you can, there's one who gives and then scatters and yet it increases. But then there's one who holds on to more than what they should and it tends to poverty. And so I said to them, you know what? If I could get everybody to understand that giving is their way out. It would change their life. And because it's changed my life. I started doing this before I was pastoring, so it's not like I waited to be in a pastor and then I started believing in this. No, I started believing in it a long time ago. But listen, if the person can, because this is what I said to myself. I said, okay, I want to be one of the, you know, when I was a salesperson, I said, okay, I want to be the top salesperson. Okay, how do I become that? Well, the Bible says when I give, 1 Corinthians 9, God will cause all grace or favor to abound toward me. Okay, so I need some favor to abound toward me as a salesperson. So that means, he says, if you read before that, it says, He that sows fairly, reaps fairly. He that shows, sows bountifully, reaps bountifully. Every man purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So I was like, wow. I know I just threw a lot of scripture. I know, I know. Just go and look it up. It's, it's like what I said. But I realized that my giving triggers favor. So while I was doing the natural over here, you know, I'm looking for customers. I'm, I'm calling customers, but I'm sowing seed over here to the kingdom. Why, why was it that out of like 300 and some salespeople, I was number one? I was doing something they wasn't doing. See, giving a, a this is country, giving a leapfrog you over, over other people. It, it'll leapfrog you. 
No, I got some pastors, they preach better than me. Oh, they can preach the paint off the wall. When they got through pre- preaching in this room, it would all be white. I mean, they would paint, they, they would preach all the paint off. Ah, and God's going to do it. I'm telling you, he's going to move in your life. I'm setting the greater things. That, I mean, they can do it, right? They're broke. They're broke. So watch Proverbs 27, 23. This is what Proverbs 27, 23 says. He says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and look well to your herds. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? See, back in those days when if you were a herdsman, your living was dependent on you keeping up with how many sheep you got. See, one sheep could cost you $1,000. So if one is gone, you'd have lost 1000 So... A shepherd made sure that he kept count of all the sheep. This is why when the parable Jesus was preaching and he says he left the 99 to go get the, to go get the one. Well, listen, let me ask you a question. How would he know one was missing if he wasn't keeping up with how many he had? And that's the problem. Most people do not keep up with what they have. So Luke chapter 16, verse 1, I'm going to give you the solution just now. Here we go. We're almost here. I'm almost finished here. He says, Luke 16, 1, and he said unto the disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and this steward, and the same was accused of him that he had wasted this man's good. Watch verse 2. So this man called him and said, how is it that I hear this of you? Read this with me. Give an account of your stewardship. And that's what it boils down to. The only way to be a good steward is to be able to give an account for what you have. And so I'm about to say a word that is typically a cuss word in a marriage. Budget. Come on, say it with me. Budget. You got to say it like I'm saying it. Budget, yeah, yeah, yeah. Budget. So watch this now. I'm closing right here. I'm going to give you some change on the clock today. I have a question. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. They're going to put it up there on the screen. I skipped something, but I want you to put it on the screen. I want you to read it with me. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have a question. How can God supply a need you don't know you have? I'm going to say it on this side. How can God supply a need you don't know you have? I'm going to say it on this side over here. How can God supply a need you don't know you have. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? See, most people don't do a budget because they know they already behind. So they don't want to see the negative number at the bottom. It's like those three monkeys. Nothing, no see, no hear, no say, no stop. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They're going to know. 
Here it is. Watch this. If you don't have a working budget, how can you ask God to supply a need if you don't know you have one? And that's the problem. You say, well, well, he know I'm negative at the bottom, but, 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 but you don't even, if God asks you, hey, how much you need for the month to, 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 to be even? You can't even tell him. And so this is why, watch this now, financial accountability must include a financial system. Your budget is the management tool, watch this church, that helps you maintain your proper stewardship status. In other words, I'm saying to you, without a budget, you cannot properly maintain your stewardship status because you don't know what's coming in and what's going out. So the way I operate financially with church, I had to do that first with me. If you think God's going to bless you with a company, but you're not managing your personal finances properly, all you're going to do when he gives you a company is to do it the same way. Now, I know some of us are going, oh, no, Pastor, I won't do that. The chances of you doing it are extremely high. Because he said, if you're faithful over little, you'll be faithful over what? So if I'm not faithful over little, I won't be faithful over. Okay, so you prove right now what you're going to do with next level by what you're doing with what you're doing now. So I want to encourage you as a church, get a budget. And don't get one of these fly-by-night budgets where you just, you know, write down stuff. No, no, no. Don't do it like that. Get your bank statement out. Or log on so we can see or you can see your check card use. Because, see, that's telling, the, that's really where you're spending your money at. And write it all down. See, you think you only spending $150, you know, you turn in your budget, oh, $150 in entertainment. No, you spend more than entertainment on that. Because you, you, uh, you ain't count Netflix and chill. You, you ain't counting that. You're not counting eating out. You're not counting going to the movies. You're not counting cash apping your girlfriend to, for dinner over here. See, you're not counting none of that stuff. The problem is you're running yourself in the red. You don't really know your budget. And so here at Word of Truth Family Church, Pastor Lisa runs the money, but she knows that there's a budget that we run by. And so if something has to be over budget, they have to come and ask me. Like we have a benevolence budget where we bless our members who, who may run into some financial struggles. We have a benevolent budget every month. And I don't even, I'm not even involved in it. I just set the budget. They, they do the rest of it. So when we help people, just know I don't know it's you, so you don't have to feel bad about that. They, they take care of all that. But when that money, if it goes down to where it's, you know, it's down to the bottom, you know what they got to do? Pastor Edmund, we need some more money. And I, I asked questions like, wow, we must help a lot of people this month. <laughs> and can I just say this on behalf of Pastor Lisa Fuller? I'm not saying this. This is her saying it. 
most of the people that need help don't tithe. Now just look at somebody and say, he ain't talking to nobody in here. He ain't talking to nobody. Nobody in here. So, how, I'm talking to somebody though, right? How are we going to apply today's word? This is how you're going to apply. You, you need to, number one, start by giving God's way. That's number one. Number two, develop a budget by sitting down and counting the cost. Sitting down, writing it all out. If you are in the red, when you, no, you, no, 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 when I say writing it out, you get it out, get your, get, log on. Aha. Aha. Wow. Applebee's. Church's chicken. Wow. KFC. Lubies. They not even open no more. You Lubies. <laughs> You got all, so what you're going to do is you're going to take all, you're going to write it all down, and then you're going to add them up and put them in a category. See, that's all food. And that's going to tell you how much food. And, and so after you do that, then you look at your money that you got coming in and you ask yourself, okay, does this match what I got coming in? Because if not, I need to make an adjustment. And then let me tell you what happens. When God sees the, when you know now, it's like, doggone it, I'm $1,500 in the red. And then you adjust it and be like, I just ate too much. I ate out. It's called ramen noodles now. Now, uh, uh, Netflix and chill, it's going to be ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. That's it. Develop a budget. Sit down and count, count the cost. And then watch this. And let increase be your motivation that keeps you disciplined. This works in a business, it works in a church, it works in your personal life, it works wherever you are. I promise you, and I declare over you in the name of Jesus, that Father, as each person goes and evaluates their financial condition, as they obey the word, as they sit down and they count the cost, as they look at the sheep that they have coming in, Father, as they manage and they go through it and they see, Father, where they're out of balance, as they balance themselves, even if there is a shortage, you said, my God shall supply their need. And so, Lord, I declare in Jesus' name for every need in every believer's life who's functioning under the principles that I'm teaching, that, Father, they won't go a day, they won't go a week, they won't go a month without every need that they have being met. Why? Because God is not according to our paycheck. It's according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I declare that, Father, miracles taking place, increase happening. And I thank you, Father, that some of them are going to discover they have more money than what they thought they had. And I thank you for them now, for increase coming into their homes. Hallelujah. Wow. Listen, okay, look up at me, and then I'm going to pray. As I was praying, I saw some clouds, like it's going to rain. Have you ever seen the clouds? They're real black. And uh, really, they're holding rain. And I just heard the Lord say, some of what he wants to bless you with has been held up like that rain. He says, because had I rained on you, you'd have squandered it. He says, I'm waiting for you to get in position. 
and restructure your financial life. And he says, if you will start being faithful and you know what's coming in and you manage what's going out, he says, I'm going to cause it to rain. He says, I'm going to cause it to rain and it's going to rain and it's going to rain and it's going to rain. And God, I declare rain in Jesus name. Amen. If you receive that word, give the Lord a hand clap. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, here's my question.